One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, good day, everybody. Welcome back to School of the Holy Spirit. Um, We're going to continue our series called Wisdom-Filled Warriors. I believe this is part 25, and I'm going to talk today about um, what I call the war in the church, okay? And uh, there is, you know, the Bible brings about the concept of war. The whole book of Revelation in the unveiling of Christ um, is, it's in the midst of war. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this as a foundational aspect of the context of Christianity. If you haven't figured out that you are born into a matrix, you're born into this test, so to speak, you're born into this temporal world where you have the, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but then you have the Antichrist, right? You have the war between the, the, the Christ, the real thing, and the fake thing, the power and the uh, imposter, okay? And it's the, it's the concept of the garden, right? We talked, uh, we, we talked several months ago about um, Adam being a gardener in the garden, Jesus being a warrior in the garden, and Little do you know that the kingdom we talked last time about um, you being the salt of the earth, you you literally being baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire by the branch, the one known as the Messiah, the one who carries the sevenfold spirit of God, the one who will speak to your heart, the one who will make you supernatural as he sets his house up in you, right? He sets his, his throne up on your heart and um, he makes you his house, right? The Davidic covenant was that he would um, <clears throat> be an enemy to David's enemies, that his descendants would sit on thrones, and that uh, he would make David his house, his place, his where his presence dwelled, right? Um, and that promise came through Christ, the branch, um, the anointing, the sevenfold anointing that was on the branch, the, the son of Jesse, David, was promised through Christ, right? And Christ would sit on the throne of David, and his descendants would rule the earth, Okay, they would sit on thrones. And so um, part of the revelation that I talked about is, are you a son of David, right? Jesus came as the son of David, and you are to function as a son um, of God. As the son of God, Jesus Christ, sits on the throne of David, fulfilling the salt covenant given to David. Um, and you are to be the salt of the earth. You are to be supernatural because you carry the presence, because you are the house of worship, because you know the promises of the Lord and the voice, the fire, the one who baptizes in fire, you carry in your heart and you are one with him, right? You love him with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. That's what makes you different. That's what makes you supernatural. Not following the rules, not following the law of Moses, or not following what's the accepted norms of the culture 
culture in the body or the church or the, the fake church that you sit in. Um, and I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not talking about all churches are fake. I'm, I'm basic. I'm trying to, um, answer the question of how to how do you enter and dwell in the supernatural how do you invoke the promises of the holy spirit um and draw deeper in him versus trying to fit in a culture because anytime you have hundreds of people sitting in the same place there's what there's called a normality there's the guy there's the people on the upper end the extreme there's the people on the lower end you're just bringing through the door and then there's what is considered normal culture normal culture will always normalize and function in a um, tapered down version of the real thing. Okay. But, you know, and, and I don't want to get into that, but the, the, the essence of what I'm trying to tell you is Jesus isn't looking for you to fit in to be normal. He's trying to make you supernatural, which is being voice dependent being sensitive to the throne of Christ, sitting on your heart, wanting to make you salty, wanting to make you the salt of the earth every day of your life, right? Every day of your life, you should be putting your your living sacrifice on the altar that's salty, right? You, you go into prayer salty. You go, because you hear his voice, you go into the earth salty. You literally change the earth because of the salt covenant of David. And if you haven't listened to that, these last few messages where we're talking about uh, the prophecy in Malachi um, is actually you becoming the real tithe in the new covenant church, excuse me, in the supernatural demonstration of the kingdom on earth, um, that you are to literally bring in a worthy tithe in the storehouse, which you are the storehouse, right? It's not the church. It's not the, the, uh, the building and the organization. You are the house. Get this in your head. You are the house, right? You are the house of God. You literally got to look in the mirror. I am the house of God. I am the house of Jesus Christ. I am the house where the salt covenant is established in my heart. Amen. That's who you are. You are a supernatural creature. Amen. And so I want to dig in deep about this war that once you realize that you are in a war, that the enemy is afraid of who you become as you simplify your life in trusting the voice of the Holy Spirit, as you become more simplified, you actually become more supernatural because you realize you're not trying to achieve all the conditions written in the Old Covenant or the Bible. You're actually listening to the voice of the Lord, and the voice is what makes you supernatural. He makes you the salt of the earth, right? He's the one who 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 equips his house, who clothes his house, who puts weapons in his house, right? He's with you, right? He'll be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries through the power of the Holy Spirit. So there's this war, right? And so how to not not only are if you're in a war and there's confusion in you because you haven't simplified your life in the Holy Spirit. How big is the confusion in the body? Okay. And so I want to take the conversation we had last time about you as an individual becoming the tithe, right? You are a living sacrifice, a salted sacrifice in the earth. Um, the church as a whole is to become a salted sacrifice, one functioning in the Davidic covenant. Okay. And so you have to realize there's a war, right? We, we I, I talked about the book of Revelation is is 
in the unveiling of Christ, in the unveiling of who Christ really is, it's in the midst of a war, right? As you grow deeper, as you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, um, you will encounter the demonic. You will encounter things that come to steal, kill, and destroy, curses you have to face, devils you have to cast out, um, demonic, uh, twisted scripture, right? We talked, we've talked over the last few months about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus called them, they said they were a brood of vipers, right? Why did he call them a brood of vipers? Because they created theological positions that enslave people instead of liberating people. If you are not create, if you are not introducing people to the simplicity of the Holy Spirit, and you're trying to get them to achieve biblical conformity, you are functioning in a pharisaical mindset, which Jesus says is demonic, right? Because instead of simplifying a person's life and getting them to the power of the Holy Ghost, they're learning what conditions they have to achieve to fit in, right? To fit in the normal culture, the powerless culture. That's demonic, okay? Um, and so <clears throat> this war is a real thing, right? This war can only be fought correctly whenever you see through prophetic eyes, whenever you see through the eyes of the Holy Spirit and are introducing people to the Holy Spirit to be to baptize them in the Holy Spirit to receive the simplicity of hearing the voice of the Lord. Um, and it's a war, right? Okay, so so it's a war. It's a war in whether or not you realize that there's a war in the church. Um, there's a war in in leadership. There's a war all the time because the Holy Spirit is as the Holy Spirit fire is awakened in one person and then somebody's tr always trying to take people deeper in the presence of God. There's others who are growing deeper in um, what I'll call false doctrine, what I'll call in uh, in in ingrained um, routines and powerlessness. Okay, so there's always, unless you have a leadership that's purely built around hearing the voice of the Lord and taking, um, being the platform by which the body hears the voice, there there is a war, okay? And so, um, as the Lord was awakening me to my calling um, and beginning to send me into churches, and I can tell you some war stories in churches, going into green rooms before I speak, hearing, hearing pastors and leaders talk about things um, that literally are, you know, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll say um, powerless forms of Christianity. There is, there is a war in the church. Um, and I've gone into places that were zero Holy Spirit. And um, in one, one prophecy, one vision, the whole, the whole congregation gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. Supernatural things happen. Three, four hundred people at a time getting baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. And this, the supernatural happens. Demons start getting out of, you know, being cast out of people. I can also tell you stories of literally being shut down and mics being taken out of my hand in the pulpit. But you know what? That's okay. I know I'm in a war. And I know there's places that the Lord um, is going to deliver people. I know there's other places where the Lord is trying to confront and deliver pastors. Until until the pastors are delivered and are truly baptized in the Holy Ghost, embracing the simplicity of the Holy Spirit, the body will sit under the enslaving doctrine of that pastor. Amen. Okay, so I wanna I wanna talk to you about um, a dream the Lord gave me. 
um, in the midst of understanding this war, uh, because it's important for you to recognize um, as you're going, as, as you're, whether you're sitting in your living room with a group of 20, um, and that is your church, or you're sitting in a mainstream uh, church that um, is embracing the Holy Spirit to some degree. Um, if you're listening to my stuff, I'm telling you what, I know this, the Lord is awakening you to a higher, a higher call, a higher, uh, ability to see in the spirit, a high ability to, to use your gifts, a higher ability to literally follow him into the unknown. Um, and you're going to begin to see things. So it's important that as you're sitting in the place where you're sitting, um, that you're able to discern what's going on and, and piecing things all together because I didn't have anybody to explain this to me. Um, the only person I had was the Holy Spirit. Um, and I started challenging and questioning uh, leadership in, some, in ways that would appear to make me look like I was uh, rebellious or, um, you know, there's many other descriptions. But I'll tell you this. If you, if you study the uh, book of First and Second Samuel and the life of David, um, David was anointed, yet he functioned in the house of Saul. He was actually uh, had spears thrown at him in the house of Saul. Um, you know, in many other places where Saul's army was chasing David, literally trying to kill him. That is, in essence, when a person gets baptized in the Holy Ghost, the enemy will use people, relationships, and many other things to um, hunt you and steal the seed. Okay. Often the closest relationships that uh, are not Holy Spirit centered together become the greatest opposition because it's the angle that the enemy uses to steal that seed from you. All right. And so um, it's important that um, we wrap our mind around the context, not only of the war that that is happening in your own heart. And, you know, the last time we talked about this Davidic covenant, which hopefully um, when you get your heart simplified in trusting the Holy Spirit and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, everything changes. Everything changes. Um, when I say everything, I'm talking everything changes because no longer do you end up trying to achieve scripture or fit into an organization. You become sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the, the, the kingdom. He's the one who ordains, the one who clothes, the one who builds his house. You are the house, not the church organization. Okay, the the church means ecclesia. It's the called out ones. They come together. A true church comes together around the voice of God, not doctrines. Okay, the reason why we have denominations is we have people with different philosophical positions around doctrines. You know why they don't all come together? Because very few are centered around the voice of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that would require leaders to submit to the voice instead of justifying their doctrinal position. Amen. And maybe I'll get into that in a, a later a, a later message. But um, for now, I just I want to talk more about this war and this uh, confrontation between the oil of the Holy Spirit, which is the anointing, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the voice of God, which is what Jesus promised he would baptize you in fire in versus the Antichrist, right? Or, or, or the anti-anointing. Anything that is not the anointing is the Antichrist or the anti-anointing. The word Christ means the oil, the anointing, okay? So if you're not in the oil, if you're not trusting the oil and the voice of the Holy Spirit, then there is a degree of the Antichrist working. 
All right, so I'm going to walk through this dream and then we're going to talk a little bit. All right, so in this dream, Jesus appears and takes me by the hand, leading me through the gates of hell. Okay, Jesus has in his hand a vial of oil that says, it has these words written on it, the anointing breaks the yoke. And of course, that's um, out of Isaiah uh, 27, um, the anointing breaks the yoke, right? Um, the yoke of darkness he's talking about. Um, he pours the oil over my head and my eyes are open to see a specific place in hell. So Jesus literally takes me into hell and in the midst of hell, he anoints me to see something specific, okay? Um it is like I can see different places in hell where men are being tormented, but Jesus has a mission to show me a specific thing. Jesus leads me to a place where we are able to observe Satan himself. Satan is focusing on one section of hell. It is like all of the other demonic powers are doing what they are designed to do, tormenting men throughout the rest of hell. But Satan is focused on the mission of a particular group of demons for a mission they have to blind the hearts of men. And if you don't think blindness is a big deal, Jesus, the whole thing in Jesus confronting the Pharisees, he says this, he says, well, did Isaiah prophesy in hearing you would not hear, meaning that you would read scripture and you'd be available to what is written in the Bible, but you would be blind in heart and unable to see. That was the punchline that, that he used. Go, go study, go study the confrontations. He, he mentions the, the prophecy in Isaiah about, uh, spiritual blindness being the main element. And so I'm, I'm, emphasizing that up front in this encounter because the punchline of this is your promise of the father is that you will dream dreams and have visions you will hear his voice when you are anointed and baptized in the holy ghost it is the difference between life in the spirit and the kingdom of heaven versus just you know going through the motions of dead church okay all right so back to the dream Jesus points at Satan and makes sure my focus is in the right place. I see Satan entering a door that leads into a, a, a place that's titled Angels of Light. And of course, you know, you know, Paul, Paul references, he talks about uh, angels of light, right? Uh, false, a uh, false representation um, that are demonically inspired. They're called angels of light. It's a doctrine of demons. Okay. So, Jesus points me to this door. We're watching Satan go through this door, this specific place in hell that has a title written on the door titled Angels of Light. The door also has a statement that reads deception of a church of the church. As we enter this door, Jesus literally takes me by the hand and it's like we walk through the door. Um, uh, so, so we enter in and we see what appears to be angels from heaven. But I am able to see through their disguise. It's like although they have a white appearance on, they are they have a glow to them. They're actually demons. I can see their face. I can see into their eyes. They're actually demons. They're fake. They're not really angels of the Lord. They're fake. They're angels of light. Okay. These angels of light are operating two factories. Okay. One of these factories prints Bibles. <laughs> The other factory produces a liquid that appears pure white. The Holy Spirit picks up a vial of this pure white liquid and writes the word surfactant on it. Okay, so 
inside just just to you know go through this a little deeper and just to clarify Jesus takes me into a specific place of he- in hell um he, he he lets me see um uh the door what's written on the door angels of light and that they're producing two things they're producing bibles right satan satan actually knows the bible right it says he doesn't actually fear the bible he fears the anointing <laughs> So they're actually printing Bibles. They're not afraid of the Bible. The other factory produces a liquid that appears pure white, and it has the word surfactant written on it. Okay? We'll get into what surfactant is here in a minute. I then see Satan coordinating teams of these angels of light. The Holy Spirit and I then follow one of these teams out of hell through the front door of a church. So these angels of light are actually sent into churches to do a specific thing, okay? Inside of the church, I see people who are dripping with a golden oil, right? They're anointed. These teams of demonic angels focus on certain people who are dripping with the oil. The team of demonic angels um, would first pour the surfactant over their head. Their surfactant would dissolve the oil and cause their entire body to dry up with a sticky residue, okay? The other group of angels of light would then open the Bibles um, that they brought with them and tear out pages and apply them to the body of the person who just had the oil removed because of the surfactant that was poured on them. When these angels of light were finished, the people who were once dripping with the anointing oil are now dry and covered with pages of the Bible. The demonic angels would fit these people with harnesses and place heavy weights on them that they are so heavy the people could not stand. They would fall down to the ground under the weight and unable to stand because of the number of Bible pages that are sticking to them. Okay? Jesus then turns and looks at me in the midst of the dream. And he says, get this surfactant out of my church. And the dream ends. That's a pretty powerful dream, guys. And it's a pretty direct command. Get the surfactant out of my church. So obviously the first thing um, I did is I uh, um, went and, and looked up the word surfactant. I, I, I have worked in the chemical industry. I kind of knew what a surfactant was, but I wanted to make sure um, a surfactant is actually defined as an anti-oil agent or a dissolver of oils. Um, or in this case, let's just call it anti-anointing, right? The angels of light, they don't fear the Bible. They actually fear the anointing. They fear the baptism of the Holy Spirit because people can hear the voice of God directly instead of trying to interpret it on their own by simply reading a Bible. Okay? Now, again, I, I, I love the Bible. Okay? I, I, the Lord has taught me thousands and thousands of hours in the Bible. Okay? And, and I, I'm always referencing Bible Scripture to teach you. I am not anti-Bible. What I am is recognizing that the Bible is Scripture and the oil of the Holy Spirit is what reveals the meaning in the right time, the right season, with the right understanding. Um, and the one who's called the Word of God is in heaven, sitting on the throne of David. He rides a white horse. He has eyes of fire, and he speaks to his church. He speaks to his believers today 
That is the word of God. That's Jesus Christ who's living and has been resurrected. He's not just words on paper. So your your calling is not to worship a Bible. Your calling is worship to worship the risen Christ, right? The, the Davidic king, the one who sits on the throne of David, the one who has eyes of fire, the one who speaks, and the one who promised to baptize you in the Holy Ghost, the oil of God, right? That the enemy so desperately hates and works to and, and works to keep uh, and remove from you the oil so that you become burdened down by the Bible instead of functioning in the revelation that's offered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you with me? There is a difference. There is an absolute difference, guys, because like I said, let's so let's just walk through the dream and why the Lord would would point um, and talk specifically about the surfactant and um, the printing of Bibles. We've talked on many occasions, and a, a theme littered throughout everything that I talk about is the oil, the anointing versus the Antichrist, and the pharisaical view of using the Bibles to put weight on men. Okay? The Lord was never meant to put weight on men. The Bible alone without the Holy Spirit is a burden. You cannot achieve it, right? The, the whole book of Hebrews, if you read the book of Hebrews, is about Jesus coming as the mediator, the branch, the one who um, comes from the throne of David, who offers you the baptism of the Holy Spirit, who fulfilled the law, who alleviates the weight of the burden of the Bible, who, achie who, who achieved the perfection of the law and the prophets. Right, And there is no perfection of it. There is no achievement of it without Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate sacrifice, the living sacrifice given by the Father to deliver you. So Jesus is coming as the deliverer, right? And he baptizes you in the Holy Ghost. For those who receive the anointing that breaks the yoke, the anointing that literally uh, breaks the, the surfactant and overcomes the surfactant of the enemy is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so what's going on in churches with angels of light that are leading the church in false doctrine? They're actually anti-Holy Spirit or um, without recognition of what the fullness of the Holy Spirit was given for. A lot of churches kind of say, yeah, you believe in Jesus, but you have to do the Ten Commandments. Yeah, you believe in Jesus, um, but you um, are condemned if you don't put your money in a bucket, right? We talked about that in the book of Malachi and seeing um, the command to tithe uh, through prophetic eyes in the anointing versus seeing it through the dead law or through an angel of light style of dead doctrine of forced money in a bucket, right? Uh, that That's dead. That's a Levite priest versus seeing Jesus as your high priest. If you are putting money in a bucket thinking that you are um, um, achieving your tithe requirement um, in a church, you're missing it. You just, you totally miss it. Get putting money in a bucket is a function of the law if you're doing it because you're trying to achieve the condition of the law and the condemnation that comes upon you, right? At versus receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the one who baptizes in fire and speaks to you directly in your heart, you then are salted by the Holy Ghost and you become a worthy sacrifice on the altar. You become the sacrifice, right? And so in the Pharisees, the Pharisees, the Pharisees actually forced them to pay a temple tax to get into the building. 
to get into the synagogue, you had to pay a temple tax. Many of you are in the exact same situation. You didn't know what it was. You thought it was just normal church, but I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the devil. It's a false doctrine and it shifts your heart into trusting in the condition of putting money in a bucket and takes away from the reality that the Lord demands more from you. He says, I don't want just 10%. I want your whole heart. I want you. You are the sacrifice. Just as I sent my son, I decreed in, in Romans 6, that as you are in the likeness of my son's death, so too shall you be in the likeness of his resurrection, that no longer do you just put 10% in a bucket. You actually put yourself on the altar, salted in the Holy Ghost, becoming something supernatural because you are voice driven, you are you are clothed in the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and you are not subject to the false doctrine of the surfactant. So what exactly is the surfactant? The surfactant is literally the work of demonic powers that, you know, literally deceive the people from valuing the simplicity of the Holy Spirit, the oil. David had, think of it this way, David had nothing. All David had was the oil of the Holy Spirit. David had oil poured over him. It says that he fought a lion and a bear. Then because of the oil, he literally, um, when Saul representing the church tried to put his false armor on him, his false doctrine, his powerless armor, right? He had, that appeared righteous, but had, was powerless. David said, no, I take it off. He's taken off the dead things, the dead doctrines. He's taken off the surfactant, the falsities of the of the lie and the deception of, of the pharisaical system. He's taking it off. He's running to the brook to get stones, to get weapons, supernatural prophecies, dreams, visions, right? The voice of God, he's pulling it out of the river and he's using it to kill giants, right? He's David. He has salt. He has, has salt. It is a covenant of salt where the father says, I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. Your descendants will sit on thrones because I'm making you my house. You are my house, David. By the, by, by the time David, I, to, I talked about this last time, by the time in 2 Samuel chapter 7, when David was maturing as a king, he had already lived a life where the Lord had had made him his house, right? David had nothing. David was made in the wilderness, a man who carried the Holy Ghost. He, he was given all opportunity to quit, to run away, to be, he had no covering. The covering he had was trying to kill him, right? In, in the modern day church system, if you don't have a, have a covering, I've had, I've had a lot of big name guys say who you're covering, especially when I was going through the season where the Lord pulled me out of the church and I was in a wilderness where the Lord had to reveal to me, he was my covering. I've had, um, and, and I've done these supernatural things where the Lord has sent me places and dreams and visions and done supernatural things. I've gone into some big, powerful churches invited. And the conversation goes like this. Well, who's your covering? <laughs> and, and I say, did David come out of the wilderness with a covering? The only covering David had was the Holy Ghost. And guess what? Just as Jesus came out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit, David, representing um, the Davidic covenant, came out of the desert as a king and a priest, one who learned to worship God in the desert on his own, not needing a so-called church covering, not needing a so-called 
kingship over him, not needing somebody to rule over him. He trusted the voice of the Holy Spirit out of the desert and he was made king by the Lord. He was made king. He was made king. People, people in churches, I've, I've had churches break relationship when they realize um, at that point in my life that I did not have, quote unquote, spiritual covering because the Lord was teaching me something in the desert as I faced my enemies and I learned to trust in the voice of the Lord. He made me supernatural. There wasn't no church organization. There wasn't no 40 year, uh, super, super pastor guy. There wasn't nothing. I, there, the, nobody else could claim anything with what the Lord did with me other than the Holy ghost. And that's why my testimony messes people up when I say only the Holy ghost, only the Holy Ghost, only the Holy Ghost, only the Holy Ghost. Let me say it again, only the Holy Ghost. There shall be no glory given to any other, none, none other than Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so Pharisee, a pharisaical system in the church opposes the, sing, the singular reliance on the voice of the Lord. And I'm telling you this, guys. If you've not learned to be singular in your reliance on the Holy Spirit and you have all this confusion with a church system that tries to drive you to church attendance, um, you shouldn't be driven by church attendance to achieve a something or be condemned from a pulpit. You shouldn't be condemned from a pulpit uh, regarding tithing and be made a second-class citizen. I had I had a pastor that used to stand in a pulpit and say, uh, we're not putting, uh, there, there's going to be a quote-unquote tithing bathroom um, and a non-tithing bathroom. And he would say, the tithers get toilet paper, the non-tithers don't. And they would make a joke out of it, but it was real. They made, they actually, it was, they were, they were releasing shame and condemnation, trying to coerce the body to pay their temple tax. All right. It's a real deal. And so why am I so adamant about it? Because any church that's built on demonic doctrines, which is anything that enforces the law and puts conditions on people other than the body gathering around the voice of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is is a it has surfactant it erodes the oil okay it actually takes away the value of the oil and in place of the oil <clears throat> because the surfactant their surfactant not only dissolves the oil it becomes sticky the the bible right the vision going back to the dream the demons the angels of light take the the pages out of the bible and they attach them to people they become sticky they become weighty on the people and weigh down the people instead of the people in the anointing of the holy ghost amen if you are not simplified in the anointing of the holy ghost you you've been duped dude you've been you've been taken to the cleaners you've been uh ripped off you've been sold a bag amen you've been sold something that is not real because Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets, he's offering you the, Dev the Davidic king, kingship and priesthood. He's, he decreed that he would make you the salt of the earth, that he would baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. You would dream his dream and have his vision, right? And he would make you supernatural. And um, uh, the, the command here, guys, is get the surfactant out of my church. Get the surfactant out of my church. Get it out. Get it out. He's saying to me, David, you're in a war. Get it out. Get it out of my church. Eradicate the surfactant 
that the angels of light, the demonic conspiracy, the doctrine of demons uses to diminish, minimize, or devalue the Holy Spirit. And you may say, well, that's pretty strong. Well, you know what? It's a difference between life and death. It's a difference between you being a salted sacrifice, literally giving your whole life instead of just giving your 10% and thinking you achieved church attendance and, and church covering and church um, condition of, tithe, of, of quote-unquote Old Testament tithing. Because Jesus said the new covenant, the new, um, the new way, the, the spiritual way d d requires your whole heart. It doesn't just require you to meet a condition. It requires you because he's given his life for you. He vowed to make you his house, that he would set up his house in you and make you supernatural. So there is no supernatural without you literally turning from the old and embracing the fullness of the new covenant. And so it gets us to um, a recognition of what Paul is literally trying to say in um, the awakening of the gifts of the Spirit. Um, the gifts of the Spirit are literally just the open embrace of the voice of God, right? The, the voice of the Holy Spirit um, in the new covenant is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the voice, the voice is actually where all the power is. Without the voice of God, literally, you're, you are functioning in doctrine. Okay. And so there's some key scriptures that I've re reviewed before, but I, I want to go, you know, I want to, I want to connect them to the reality of the surfactant, the antichrist, right? The antichrist fears the anointing. The antichrist doesn't have an answer to the anointing. Why? Because a person who trusts in the voice of the God, of God, of the God, of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, of Yahweh, the, the, the gifting of the Holy Spirit literally equips a person to hear the voice of the Lord. And what happens when a person receives the dream and vision of the Lord? They then prophesy, right? And what happens when they prophesy? They literally are releasing the iscus power, right? We talked about the iscus power, that your heart is aligned um, with the Lord's heart. And together you are releasing this supernatural iscus power into the earth. And the enemy has no answer for the prophetic. Okay? The, answer do, the, the enemy does have an answer for Bible interpretation. Okay? They twist and turn doctrine all the time. In fact, between the preacher preaching and the person sitting in a pew, the angel of the prince of the power of the air literally turns the meaning, the understanding, the people. Do you, ever, you ever been in a place where you hear something and five other people all hear it differently? And they're like, I didn't think that was what that guy meant. That, that's not what that guy meant. You know, there's only one way to bypass that. Put it this way. You know why that past, the pastor in that setting is vulnerable? Because they're speaking powerless words. Powerless words do not have angels carrying those words. Okay? When you get the vision of the Lord and then you prophesy the vision of the Lord, right? We talked we talked about um, Psalm 103, verse 20. It's, it's, it basically, it says this, that the angels carry the words of the Father and ensure the execution of the kingdom on the earth. So if you are not prophesying the vision, there are no angels literally ensuring the message 
pierces the heart of the people, making what you just spoke supernatural and able to bypass the limitations of man, right? Genesis chapter one, the light spoke into the darkness because it came from the voice of God and the darkness could not stop it. It could not comprehend it, right? There's a difference, guys. A church of power functions under the gifts of the Spirit, hearing the voice of the Lord in dreams and visions and prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit are literally released, releasing the angels of heaven. And that's why a church of prophecy, a church that gathers around the voice is so supernatural. That's why you see people getting healed. That's why you see uh, demons cast out. That's why you see the supernatural because you are hearing the voice. There's no substitute of the voice. You can't fake it. Listen, guys, you can't fake it unless there's nobody in the room recognizing it's fake. Okay, when I walk into a place, I'll tell you right off the bat, I know I know if you're speaking by revelation and wisdom in the voice of God versus just trying to interpret scriptural doctrine on, on people. That's powerless. And demons function in, in many different ways to ensure people hear um, that keeps them in a way that keeps them condemned, shamed, enslaved. And that's, that's the, it, it literally is a surfactant that, that becomes sticky and puts scripture on people as a weight because people walk out thinking they have to achieve the kingdom instead of receiving the kingdom. Jesus didn't die, so you had conditions to achieve. Jesus died, and he said, stay in this city. I'm baptized. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. It's a free gift. Receive it. Receive the kingdom, right? Receive the kingdom. And so understanding the use of the gifts of the Spirit in the church um, is necessary. It's not an option. It's necessary because it's the only way life flows through the body, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Do not be ignorant of the wind of the Holy Spirit. Do not be ignorant, okay? Do not neglect. Do not neglect the, the, the Holy Spirit. It's the word pneumaticos. Look it up. Study the, study the whole uh, uh, chapter 12, verse 1. Do not neglect the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do not re, uh, devalue the wind right? Do not, do not ignore it. Do not um, think that it's not necessary is what he's saying. And he goes on in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and he lists out prophecy, um, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, uh, working of miracles, um, healing the sick, discernment, um, tongues, interpretation of tongues, faith, right? These are all supernatural impartations. The kingdom is not um, worked and achieved, the kingdom is actually, um, you have to open your heart to receive the impartation. The Lord is always imparting. And so when a person comes and prophesies, he's imparting the day that what the Lord wants to impart to you. If there's nobody prophesying, guess what? There is no impartation. If there's nobody laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, there is no impartation. There is no outpouring of the Holy Ghost. There is no channeling of wisdom and release of the wisdom of God on on into the people doing the supernatural work in the people that's actually what the callings of Christ are in 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 Ephesians chapter 4 um it talks about the calling of the pastor the teacher the evangelist the apostle and the prophet 
and that the church is built on the on the foundations of the of the apostle and the prophet. Okay, I'm actually giving you foundations of what the church is to be built on. Okay, those five callings are callings of Christ. They are different than the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Everybody is to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the church itself is to embrace the 1 Corinthians chapter 12 giftings of the Holy Spirit. Those That's different. The body is to receive all of it. The callings of Christ are for certain people that Jesus Christ comes to himself and says, you are an apostle, you're going to do this. Just like he came to me and he sent me to India. This this is what you are. Um, you're going to do this. Okay. Those are people who are to ensure that the body functions correctly. And it's not bound and surfactant in false doctrine. The people are set up to hear the voice and the angels of the Lord that ride the, the words of prophecy, the words of wisdom, the words of, of faith literally are in parted the kingdom, the supernatural. You see miracles, signs, and wonders. And that's the difference, guys. That's the difference between the church that's alive and the church that's just hearing blah, 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 blah. A guy trying to articulate and make a bunch of scriptures sound good. And, you know, a lot of guys have the right good intent, but they're missing it. They're missing the fact that Jesus came to baptize his church in the power that breaks the yoke. And there's only one thing that breaks the yoke of darkness, and that is the oil of the Holy Ghost, the giftings of the Holy Ghost, the callings of Christ, which literally transform the church and make them supernatural, making the church what it's supposed to be, a bunch of giant killers, a bunch of people functioning in the Davidic calling because Jesus came as the branch sitting as the the king on the throne of David giving the salt of of the 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 salt covenant upon the people through the power of the Holy Ghost making you supernatural and doing things that you could never do on your own guys so the question is are you bound in surfactant or are you bound in the oil of the Holy Ghost because the oil go- Holy Ghost is simple. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Right? There is no burden. There is no heavy thing that the Bible should make you literally succumb to and, and be weighted down by coming into a group of people and suddenly realizing, oh my God, I feel condemned if I don't put money in a bucket. I feel condemned if um, I don't go to every the five services a week. That we have, I feel condemned um, if that if I, I what happens if I leave and that my covering I don't have my covering my my pastor's covering. Listen, guys, those are all demonic. Those are all demonic doctrines. Everything that are that's in, tried to induce fear upon you, uh, burdens on you. Um, they're a function of the surfactant. They're a surfun- they're a, they're a function of false doctrine, which is how the angels of light work. That's what the Pharisees were. Jesus called them a brood of vipers. You put weight on people. You weigh them down. You make them pay to come into the synagogue. All of it. It's a bunch of lies. Okay. So, Paul said this in First Corinthians fourteen. The, the the way a body the way a body should function is defined in First Corinthians fourteen. He says, "Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy." Why? Why is prophecy the ultimate goal? Number one, everybody um, receives the promise of the Holy Spirit that you are promised dreams and visions. You are promised to hear the voice of the Lord. Okay, if you don't, that's a lie. 
That, that's, a, that's a demonic doctrine. It's a lie. We've got to get you baptized in the Holy Ghost. How does it happen? You desire, you pursue love, right? The first part of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 is you pursue love. What's that mean? You fall in love with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. You literally chase him, are willing to put yourself on the altar and beg and cry out to be salted by the Holy Spirit, that the salt covenant of David would come upon you and all the dreams and visions and the things that the Lord would do for you as his son and daughter of God would make you supernatural. You become a giant killer. So the church is actually supposed to be giant killers. The church is supposed to be a supernatural force that the world has no answer for. Amen. Unlimited. Because why? Because they're centered around the voice. They hear the voice of the Holy Ghost who is unstoppable, unpredictable, uncontainable. Amen. He is supernatural. Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 14 to say, um, I desire you all pray in tongues, even more that you prophesy. Why? Because praying in tongues draws the Lord to speak to you, right? We talked, I taught you that um, months ago. If you haven't heard that stuff, go back. Um, tongues is not an optional thing. Tongues is a necessary thing because it's the language of the Lord. It's the language of the army, right? I, I talked about uh uh, the, the the scriptures in Zephaniah about uh, the Lord awakening his army and giving them a supernatural language, right? This is part of that army. So Paul is literally reiterating the prophecy. Um, I, I desire you all pray in tongues, even more that you prophesy. Why prophecy? Because the enemy has no answer for it. Because prophecy is what the angel of the Lord is waiting beside you to come out of your mouth and he makes supernatural. He actually takes the stone, right? I, I shared um, several weeks ago about the vision the Lord gave me, the dream of David on the battlefield. And when David released the stone, because he got it out of the river, because he got it out of the Holy Spirit, the angel was waiting beside him and he took that stone and made it supernatural. It pierced the head of the giant, right? That's a picture of prophecy. That is what the Lord is waiting for his body, his church, his ecclesia, the called out ones to be made supernatural because they are voice driven. They, 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 they together come knowing that the Lord prophesied to make your heart his throne. So you come together, right? You all carry the throne of Christ and together you are hearing the Lord and you together do and execute right? What the Lord is leading you to do. That is so different. That's a completely different model than what um, is is presented as just come to church and listen to this guy in a pulpit. That's, that's freaking a lie. That's a lie. That's not what the body was when, when they were, when the spirit was poured out in Pentecost. And Pentecost, they went from house to house. They were made supernatural because they weren't controlled. They were actually encouraged to gather to hear Right? So if you're not if your body's not being encouraged to gather to hear the Lord, the the voice of God, there's something missing, guys. There's something twisted. Okay? The church in Iran right now is the fastest growing church. You know why? Because not only are they persecuted and they can't have open places of worship, but they in when people gather in houses, it's the two things, the presence of the Lord and the voice. What is the Lord saying? And they all function in dreams and visions and prophecy and the supernatural gifts of the spirit. That's the foundation of what the church in Iran functions on. That's what makes them supernatural and they can't be stopped. It is multiplying at the fastest rate on earth in today's world. Amen. Amen. 
And because of the lack of persecution in America, we all freely go into these, these quote unquote church buildings that are actually synagogues. They've become places of deadness because there is no desire. There is no push because of opposition that, um, you literally need the power, right? Most places are, are going through a facade. They're going, they literally gather as a routine and a tradition. They don't gather with an expectation of seeing the power because they don't need the power. All their conditions, all the, everything in America, their needs are met. They just go about their business. And it's kind of like the Kiwanis Club, the Boy Scouts, or whatever other club that you belong to. It's it, You gather, right? And it's more about people um, being happy with each other than it is about people hearing the voice of God. Amen? So I just pray in the name of Jesus that the power of the Holy Ghost would come upon you, that you would receive the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would uh, simply take off the clothes of Saul, that you would remove the surfactant. And right now, in Jesus' name, I command the surfactant that has come upon any one of you, I command it to leave right now in Jesus' name, and I release the supernatural power and the simplicity of Christ upon you. I release the grace to hear the voice of God and be voice-driven, to receive the Davidic salt of the salt covenant of Jesus Christ and the supernatural awakening of giant killers. I prophesy over you all that you are giant killers and you will flow in the power of the Holy Spirit. You will do supernatural things in the power of the Holy Spirit. You will awaken people because no longer do you try to lead them and force them in the conditions that you grew up in, but you will simply lay hands on them and they will receive the power of the Holy Ghost and they too will dream dreams and prophesy. They too will awaken the supernatural. And I prophesy there's many people hearing me that, that uh, you've spent years in dead systems and there's going to be many people who literally gather in living rooms and you are going to see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit like you've never seen it before. You are going to literally, uh, literally walk away from the deadness and allow the simplicity of the salt covenant of Jesus Christ to, that, that you would literally embrace the supplication, the prophecy of, um, Zechariah 12, that the Lord would pour out his supplication on you and the prophecy of Amos 9:11 that the Father would restore the tent of David. I release those prophecies on you right now that you are going to carry the presence of the Lord, that the throne is set up on you and that you um, are going to uh, be a carrier of the flame of Christ. You are going to be one who sets up the tent of David in your house and, in, and you are going to gather in places where the tent of David is literally going to be the gathering place for the city where the outpouring of the Psalms and the prophecies and the supernatural um, equipping of giant killers comes upon many. That Ma that Mark 16 would be awakened. That the these signs will follow those that believe. In my name you will cast out devils. You will heal the sick, raise the dead. That you will lay hands on people and see them recover. That you will prophesy. That you will pray in tongues and prophesy. I just release that dream in you right now and, and decree that the devil is afraid of what you are about to become. Amen. Guys, the devil is afraid of what you're about to become because your life is being simplified in the Holy Ghost instead of the complications of the synagogue system and, and the surfactant and the demonic doctrines. No longer will you be a victim of it, but you will be simplified in Christ in the Davidic salt covenant made supernatural by the voice. Amen. All right, guys, uh, have a great week. 
pray uh, like your life depends on it. Become the tithe, Jesus said, and, and expects of you that your whole heart would be put on that altar, salted, and that you would salt the earth with, with what the Lord has salted you, making you a supernatural creature. Amen. All right, have a great week, and uh, looking forward to next week, guys. Thanks. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.